In a couple of weeks, Kathy and I will celebrate 37 years of marriage. So it's kind of a, a, a neat coincidence. We've known each other for 38 years. Um, the, uh, I know we don't look that old, I know. But um, anyway, um, we met when we were in college. Um, yeah, so I told you I don't know what I'm doing, so. She's the teacher. She's used to doing all this kind of stuff, so she just kind of is dragging me along, you know. Um, the Not really. She's not dragging me. Um, you know, the, we wanted to share our story. Um, you know, you come to church, and Sunday mornings are probably the, the, the time of the week where most people put on their, their best face. They dress their nicest, and they, they act their nicest. Um, but really... You know, I'll just be honest, you know, um, everybody's got junk in their trunk and they don't want to open up the lid and let people see what problems, what things they've gone through, good or bad. You know, it's not just all problems. It's things that everybody goes through that tests you, that stretches you, that, that pulls you in different directions. Um, and so as uncomfortable as it may f feel for my child sitting back there, um, Candace, um, and other people that know us, it's uncomfortable it may be for me personally to let people kind of see past the shell. Um, you know, how can you glorify God if, if, you don't, if you don't show what? If you don't show what he's brought you through. You know, I hate crying, sorry. <clears throat> I'm an ugly crier, so if, you know, it's, it could get messy, I don't know, but... Uh, the, um, you know, God is a God of restoration, you know, the, um, he's restored us many times throughout our relationship, you know, we've, we got married when we were 20, um, met in college, um, you know, yes, this, this was back in the disco days, um, that was, that was my one suit that I owned, um, literally when, First time Kathy went to my dorm room and she looked in my closet, I had t-shirts hanging up on the hangers. And she laughed at me. And I was like, those are my best t-shirts. What? <laughs> you know, I had a whole week's worth, you know. And then that one ugly looking suit with the, I mean, I had the gold disco chains and the whole nine yards. I mean, the, I got to tell the story, though. The first time that I saw her, the first, she didn't see me, but I saw her. Um, I was in the cafeteria at OU. We were students at OU. And I was in the cafeteria, sat with my buddies, and I saw this vision walking across the room, carrying her food tray. I can tell you in my mind's eye, I can still see the outfit that she was wearing. And she had her hair fixed in a way that I didn't know women ever fixed their hair. I, okay. The first wedding I ever went to was mine, okay? So I had no experience about how women, how good they could look, how you know, they could fix their hair. These, it was a French braid, okay? I mean, it was, to, but that was the first one I'd ever seen. I don't, you know, I was very sheltered. Um, but anyway, I can't really, I mean, I could describe it, but the words wouldn't do it justice. So there's a snippet of a song that, explains exactly what I saw when she walked across the floor. 
So needless, we're in church. We didn't. We cut that part out. So, so, so we. Uh, so yeah. Needless to say, she made a slight impression on me. So anyway, so um, we met. Actually, we actually wound up meeting person to person about a week later at a, at a party, and I didn't have the guts. I never had the guts to go up and just talk to somebody cold, you know. But she was standing there talking to a friend of mine that lived in the room right next to me. So I thought, aha, I can go talk to him, and I don't have to be talking to her. I don't have to look at her. I can just talk to him. But I'm right there by her. And then I can kind of gradually ease into talking to her. Or he might introduce whatever. And it worked out. So, I mean, I won't tell. She can tell that part of it. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what happened on my, from my perspective. That wasn't my perspective. <laughs> okay, so we're at this party, and um, I go with my friend, and uh, she dumps me. So I'm by myself, and I'm like, I need to get to the dorm, and I can't go dressed like this, you know? And walking across campus at OU, mind you. And so I'm looking. Can you? Can you walk me to my room? Hey, man, I met this girl, and I, you know. And so I find his friend, who we, we didn't know we were mutual friends. So he ended up uh, saying, hey, I got this buddy that I would trust him with my sister, so that was okay with me. So we walked back to my dorm, and we talked for like hours. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning, turned to 3 o'clock in the morning, turned to whoever knows when. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I just wanted you to walk me to my dorm. <laughs> yeah, so anyhow, so we finally, the conversation's just getting really interesting. And the thing is, you know, I went and I went, after we got done talking, I went upstairs, because, um, you know, guys weren't allowed in girls', girls dorms back then. So I went upstairs and my roommate was there and she was like, where you been? And I said, well, I met this guy. And he was like, she was like, well, what'd you think? And I said, I remember leaning against the wall and going, I could marry him. And so it was just really weird because I wasn't thinking that at the time. But the funny thing is, you know, God's got a sense of humor because whenever I was young, I always, there was a boy in first grade and his name was David. And he bugged me all the time. Just, I mean, I didn't like him. And my mom used to tell us, you know, y'all need to pray one day you're going to get married. Pray for your husbands, you know, pray that God keeps them safe. And I used to say, I don't care who you send me, Lord, just don't let his name be David. So, but our relationship, we got married within about nine months, didn't we? It was pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, we just, clicked. yeah, we just clicked and, and we ended up getting married. We had a, a big wedding and, you know, we grew and our relationships changed over time into our own miracle after a while. So we're going to talk about that. Oh, and we have a song that... Um, it was more of his song than mine, but we'll just play it. <laughs> Here we go. 
that sweet. Yeah, I mean, we we agreed that that would be our song. Um, it was it, my daughter's back there. She's like making a face. She's cringing at us. <laughs> uh, so, oh, okay. Yep. So, like Kathy said, our relationship grew. I mean, we learned how to be married. You know, it's different when you dating and then you get married. It, there's a whole different perspective on things. Come. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I came home from, I would come home from work and, and uh, uh, think, okay, it's my time to sit down and relax, read the newspaper, catch up on the day's events, blah, blah, blah. She comes busting, I'm sitting, one time literally, I'm sitting there with the newspaper in front of my face like this in a chair and she walks through the front door, hi, honey, I'm home, hi, how you doing? I didn't drop, I didn't move the paper, I just kept reading. Next thing I know, she goes, Bam! And just slapped the paper right. It scared me half to death. I'm home now. That's a, really? Okay. So, you know, those kind of adjustments um, that you got to be made. So, another time I came home from work and all my stuff was out on the front yard, on the front porch. I couldn't even tell you why, what, what I did or didn't do. You know, you get in trouble for things you don't do. Um, anyway, all my stuff was out on the front porch. And so I just walked in the house, and she's sitting there waiting for me to have, I guess, a big conniption or something. I don't know. And I just kind of looked at her and said, you know, it's getting ready to rain, and if all that stuff gets wet, we're going to have to replace it all, and you won't be able to go shopping for stuff that you want. I, reverse psychology. Boy, she got up and started bringing my stuff back in the house. So, right, right, yeah. So, yeah, so one of the few times that I got over on her, but, you know, um, but no, like I said, we want to talk about restoration. Um, the world has a, a definition of uh, restoration. It says the regular definition is to return something back to its original condition. You know, and you can think of it also like uh, in a computer. You know, you're always backing up your data. Uh, that way, if you have a crash, you can just restore it real easy. You know, back to what it was before or go back to the default settings or whatever. Uh, but the biblical de definition is from... You know, I couldn't pick out one verse that just encapsulated everything about um, restoration. And so I found this um, thing that says, uh, to receive back more than has been lost to the point where the final state is greater than the original condition. Where, where you're, he, God always does things, um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, it's improved beyond measure. Um, and, and that's what... You know, he's done in our marriage time and time again through, you know, a uh, stressful situation. We had a daughter that was born, and she spent the first two weeks, or first month, in ICU. Um, and she was born eight weeks premature. And we had, uh, you know, our first kid, and we're having to deal with all that kind of situations. And that was a stretching moment in our relationship. Um, financial ups and downs. We had cars repossessed and, 
You know, we always had more month at the end of the money. Every time we turned around, we were... When we got married, we didn't have a, the proverbial pot. We literally lived in an apartment complex that uh, we became friends with the manager, and they had a, a building that, where people would move and leave furniture. They would go put it over in there. And so we didn't have a bed. We didn't have tables and chairs. We didn't, you know, basically we just had the clothes on our back. Our honeymoon dinner was at Casa Bonita, you know, in, on Northwest 39th in Oklahoma City. That was our big honeymoon. You know, it cost, what, five bucks a person or something, and we were splurging at that. So, you know, we, we went to the... Uh, 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 the apartment manager, and he knew that he had pity on us. He knew that we didn't have any furniture, so he gave us a, we got to go in. He said, you can pick out anything you guys need from this stack pile of, of pile of junk furniture, basically. We had a, we had a queen headboard with a full-size footboard, you know, and, the, and we'd be laying there at night sleeping, and all of a sudden, because it made the, the frame do this, right? So we're laying there sleeping, and all of a sudden the mattress would come off the frame and go, and we were laying over there on the side. We had to get up in the middle of the night and fix the bed back. You know, it was, it was amazing. Um, so, but we always, and, and another thing too, Kathy was raised in a Mennonite church, which is kind of, it's, it's an offshoot of Quaker, of the Quaker faith. And I always wondered, how in the world did a Comanche Indian wind up a Mennonite? Well, Years ago, when her people, her tribe was one of the last tribes we put on reservations, and so then they had uh, missionaries come in, and the missionaries from the Mennonite group applied to the government to come and be missionaries into the tribe, and so they planted a church, and her ancestors went there, and so she, that's where she went. Anyway, she had no idea about Pentecostal, full gospel, charismatic, whatever, so I took her to church. Yeah, she was my pastor whenever I was 15 years old, and so anyway, and yes, and so anyway, so we got married, we said, okay, I'm, we're going to church. She said, okay, I'll go to church, and anyway, she went to church, and, and she was shocked and amazed, and I don't know what. I stayed like this the whole time. Yeah, I had fingerprints don't in my arm. Me, Nobody better touch me. Nobody better look at me. If they come to pray for me, I'm out of here. I'm leaving, you know. I mean, it was, it was, it was, anyway, so we, but we had made Jesus our cornerstone uh, to, to build our, our family on. And, um, you know, as time went along, we, um, uh, you know, we had, he gave us building blocks. He gave us faith. You know, he gave us love. You know, he gave us a love for each other, you know, increasing love for each other. Um, that we began to build our build our, our life together on, um, you know, and it, and then we like I said about three years in we had our first child and she was born two months premature and we, you know, didn't I mean she was came out she looked like a lemon she was so jaundiced, and so we didn't know I didn't know I'd never been around babies before you know, and uh, all of a sudden we had this kid that's hooked up to I mean she had lines in her head and her toes and her in her arms and legs and, and it was freak. Well, I was freaking out about it, um, you know, and God restored us through that. He pulled us through that. Mm -hmm. I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, he did. He restored us. And so the building blocks on here represent all the good things that God put in us. 
during those times. And you can just keep building because God just continued to build within us. He began to make me, take me to a place to where I was more accepting of the things that are written in the Bible, you know, that I just totally overlooked and said, that's not for me, you know. And God began to pour into me his spirit. And I learned a lot during that time. I learned that I couldn't change him, mostly. Um, I had to change my own self. You know, that was probably one of the biggest things I learned. Um, I couldn't teach him to keep the toilet seat down. I mean, there was just all these little things that really bothered me in our relationship, you know. Um, I learned that um, I had to just keep my eyes on him. And then I I always thought, well, as long as I keep my eyes on him, as long as I keep doing the right things, the good things, all the things that that make us are making us who we are because all these people in the church that were going to church with us, they see all these great things, then nothing can, nothing can hurt me, nothing can harm me. And so I would mess up. And when I would mess up, some of these things would begin to fall off. Some of the things, some of my faith would begin to waver. My hope would begin to waver, and it would begin to fall. And then I would think, God, why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? And then I would, I would kind of blame it on him. You know, God, why is this happening to me? But then I began to learn about restoration and, and how we know that we can be restored. And then God would begin to build me back up again. But when he built me back up the next time, I wasn't just these plain Jane old blocks anymore. He began to add new things to me. And this is a representation of the newness. Not only does he build on what he originally put inside of me, but he builds new things inside of you whenever he, whenever he begins to restore you. And because of his new covenant inside of us, we know that his promises are that we can be restored in him, that it is wrapped all around restoration. In his new covenant, God can heal, he can rebuild, he can restore, and he can revive the things that have been broken in your life. You know, we've had a lot of things broken in our lives, whether it be things between him and I, things between our children, things between our family members, sickness, he can revive that. He can bring those things back that were, the devil came to destroy and to try to kill, kill our relationship with you, <clears throat> with us. Um, some of the circumstances that made us more than conquerors are just believing, believing. You know, when, when we hit bottom at times when we had no money, we would hit bottom but God would, would show us something would happen. One, one particular thing that ended up happening is, you know, after we were married for some time, you know, the Lord told us, um, I had kind of forget, for, forgotten a lot of things. And I was just like, I didn't want to serve. I was, 
I was like, this isn't real. I, I actually became very, very bitter when I went to college. And I learned about the, the nature between Native Americans and the government. And how they put the Indian agents in. And that's why I became a Mennonite. I became a Mennonite because, not because I wanted to, this, is my, this was my belief. Not because I wanted to, but because somebody put an Indian agent up there that said, oh, we'll take this group of people and we'll evangelize them, and we'll, we'll make them into what we want them to be. And it made me really angry, and it made me very bitter about who I was. And I was like, God, you know, here I am serving you, and here I am loving you, and you're loving me, and wait, you tricked me into this. Did you trick me into this? Is it, was I really supposed to become this, or did the government make me who I am today? And I became really, really angry. And the Lord, during that time, I became really, really depressed. David was away because we chose to go to North Dakota and live uh, because I wanted to go to medical school. And we had our a lot of really terrible things were happening during that time. I was so angry. And David was here in Oklahoma. We were up there, me and the girls, all by ourselves, alone. And we tried to go to church, but nobody wanted to go to church. Uh, and nobody went, really wanted to get to know us up there. It was just, I don't think that was where we were supposed to be, but I learned who I was while I was there. And God put a, a he put a vision inside of me. And I saw the future. I saw myself, which it wasn't me at all. But I saw myself being that uh, person leading this group of youth. And I saw myself, they were singing and dancing and doing skits and doing all this stuff. And I thought, how could that possibly happen? That isn't even who I am. But he brought me home and we started going to church. And so we started going back to church, and we went to this church in Norman. And while we were in this church in Norman, I, God spoke to me again. He's, I said, and we had only been in that church like six months, okay? And I said, David, the Holy Spirit told me we're going to be the youth pastors. And he was like, what? How can we? We don't even know anybody. We don't, you know, we've never been youth pastors before. We've never done this before, I said. He said, besides, they already have a great youth pastor. How? can this happen about a week later they ask us to be youth pastors and we were just like flabbergasted the youth didn't want us they didn't they, we they were like there what are you old people coming in there trying to tell us what to do you know and so <laughs> here we were youth pastors standing up in front of a bunch of not a whole lot maybe about 12 a dozen the first time but god did something he brought to pass that thing which he showed me, that vision that he showed me. He brought to pass to where our youth ministry grew. We had 150 kids in our youth after a while. It was phenomenal. We were traveling all over Oklahoma and Texas ministering to, to young people with our own band with our own drama team, with our own ministry team, because God said, God said, three years later, God said, and it came to pass, God said, okay? So remember that, that word, God said, and it's going to come to pass. And so um, then something happened. 
we had some, I felt some devastation in my life. And we had problems, pretty serious problems in our marriage. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. God, here I did, I spent five days a week at the church with these teenagers. I did all this, I did all that. And then all of a sudden, a slap in my face from my husband that came my direction. Before that even happened, I, I, that's how it felt, literally. But before that even happened, I got on my knees and I was praying. I was like really trying to get close to the Lord. And I said, God, if there's anything in my life, because I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't know what it was. Expose it to me, because I thought it was me. And it was part of it. Part of it was me. Because I thought that it was everything that I was doing inside of my own self that was making me the person that I was to him. And everything that I was doing was right. But that's not what God wanted. He didn't want my good works. And then I put my husband way up here, way above the Lord. And I said, gosh, I'm married to this amazing man. And I would just brag about what a great relationship we had. And it all came tumbling down one day. And I got mad and I said, Lord, how could you do this to me? I did all these things. We brought hundreds, several thousand people to you through the youth group. We touched communities like they've never been touched before. How could this happen to me? And I became really bitter and really angry. But at the same time, God said, I pulled myself away from him. I pulled myself away from David. And I said, I can't do this. I can't be with him anymore. He's hurt me too many times. I can't do it. And God told me, he said, that's not how I see him. And the things that we do in our lives is not how God sees us. He said, separate the sin from who I said he is. Remove that part, and that's who he is. And that was hard, because the pain and the hurt was so hard. But I began to get closer and closer to him, and it was all about me. Not much about him. It was all about me for a long time. But that's okay because God can change me and at the same time change him. So I'll let him tell what he was going through. Hell. <laughs> no, I, the whole time we was working with the youth, everything that, I mean, Kathy was the spiritual leader of that, not me. Um, it was more along the lines of I was doing everything in my own strength or in my own ability as 
fouled up and, and limited as it was. And any direction that she wanted to go, literally she was having to put a hook to my jaw and go, we're going to go this way, or we're going to go this way now. And I was resisting every step of the way. And, you know, I wasn't being the covering of my, of my household. I wasn't being the spiritual leader. I was being a lazy person, you know. And just to be r brutally honest, um, the problem that I caused in our marriage was due to infidelity. Um, it's not something I ever had, you know, you don't look down the road years ahead and say, oh, I'm going to be this way in a few years. But I let the door, you know, the devil gets too much credit. You know, most of the time, we give him the weapons and we give him the tools to beat, our, to beat us up with. And he, I mean, he's, he's stupid, but he's also smart. I mean, he's going to take what you give him and he's going to beat you over the head with it until you can't, until you're cross-eyed. You know, I remember there were times that we, I mean, we went through counseling together. We went through separately. I went to counselors and they would look at me and say, um, I, I just can't help you. These were Christian counselors. I went to my pastor he said, and, and told him the depths of the, of the issues that I, were, I was dealing with. He looked at me and said, this is more than I can handle. You know? And I started to feel like I was some kind of spiritual Frankenstein. You know? That I was some freak that nobody could, could understand or nobody could... that nobody could, could deal with. And so Kathy and I got this book, and every night after work, after we ate supper, we would sit in our room and we would counsel each other, just us and the Holy Spirit. And it was the most agonizing experience. I mean, it was the last thing that I wanted to do was look at her and see the pain that I was causing her, but yet she was staying right there with me and working. Crying, we cried together, we laughed together, we screamed at each other, we cussed at each other. I cussed at God. I mean, you know, I, I told him some things, called him some things, you know. I didn't scare him, you know. I didn't intimidate him. I tried, you know. I, at one point, I told him, God, if, you're, if you ain't going to fix me, just take me out. You know, and, and I remember I, one morning I was in the shower and I was just so beat down and just so feeling so worthless that, that I just looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you know, I, I have become death, the destroyer of worlds, because it seemed like everything that I touched turned, turned to just an ash heap. You know, my children, you know, was, were exposed to things that they should never have been exposed to. You know, and they weren't, they were teenagers, you know, and I mean, this didn't just happen over a period of, a short period of time. I mean, I, from the time we stopped being youth pastors, for about 12 years, I was in this dark, dark place that I let myself go to, that the devil just enjoyed the heck out of, you know, and then whenever things came to light and we had ex some exposure we were 
we were counseling ourselves, like I said. We, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to find our way back out of this, this swamp that I'd, I'd put us in. You know, um, God's light started to shine. And, you know, we, we could make some progress. It was, it was not, it was about a three-year process that, that we went through that. Right up into the time, shortly before we met Grant and Rachel, um, Candace had been going to church here, and they, she met them, and, and she came home one day, and she said, Dad, I think, you know, you'd really like Grant and Rachel. You should come to church with me sometime and meet them. And so they, Grant and Rachel, Bob and Sharon, they reached out to us and, and gave us the right hand of fellowship. They, they accepted us, you know. And that made such a big, big difference, you know. And it's still been a journey since then. You know, there's, there's ups and downs, you know. But God is so faithful. And his restoration, you know, um, you know, we were transformed, literally. We, we are not the people today that we were then. And it's not because of our brilliant intellect or, or our, our, it was just a, a, God just got a hold of us and he wasn't going to let go. I mean, we literally, you know, our slide number three says we, we are transformed. You know, it's, we just got into the word. We got into the, um, uh, you know, spending time praise and worship together. Um, talking about our feelings and guys I don't know about y'all but I don't like talking about my feelings you know it's painful to to expose or to open up and let somebody know you know and and it's not so much I I hate conflict but I'd rather it be over real quick you know if we're gonna have a conflict let's just get it out let's do it and be done you know and and um but she wants to look at it from 14 different perspectives. She, three different books. You know, throw in a couple of tapes by, you know, pick your favorite author or, or Christian speaker. And literally, there were t- I didn't know if I felt good or bad after we did that. I, I've, I just felt like I had been run over by three trucks. You know, and she's going, now don't you feel better? Like, you know, it, it's, it was weird. But, you know, looking back, God was, I mean, he was doing surgery. You know, he was doing restoration. He was doing building after building after building of us. Um, you know, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We had to renew our mind. We had to see who God saw us as, not who our circumstances said that we were, you know. My circumstances said I was an adulterer, and I was a thief, and I was a liar. But God said, you're my son. You know, son and daughter. You know, sons and daughters. That's who we all are. We're not, Melody, you're not who your circumstances says you are. You're not broke. Your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he can do and move things and make things come into alignment that will bless your socks off. 
and it's going to happen. And, you know, every time David would be up here, I would be down here, and he would say, well, you just need to renew your mind. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do I ever need to renew my mind? <laughs> you have to need. <laughs> I, thought, I just thought that was going to be kind of funny. But um, he did give me a new heart for my husband. He, and he renewed the spirit within me. He gave me new hope. And he removed the heart of stone. I had such a heart of stone. He, he softened me a little at a time. It wasn't just this massive softness. A little at a time, he took it, and he renewed that within me. And it was, it was beautiful. But sometimes during the time when he was transforming, that didn't feel good. A lot of times it didn't feel good. But I had to keep looking up. I couldn't, I couldn't look at the circumstance. I couldn't look at the relationship where it was at. I had to keep looking at him, and he, and he told me, he said, you know, because I, I, there wasn't but one person that I spoke to during this time that said, stay with him. Every, all of my Christian friends said, and counselors said, divorce him. This can't be fixed. There's just no way. They said, get your financial papers in order, get all your papers in order, bring them to me, and we'll start the process. That, that, that's what they said. But I became a new creature. I, I dumped that attorney. I dumped that, I dumped that uh, counselor, and I said, I'm going to stay. And God told me, he said, I'm going to use this for my glory. And he has. And you don't even know how many people that just cross my path that I'll be walking and they'll tell me that they're having problems in their marriage. And oh, what an opportunity it is. It's awesome that I've been able to use my situation and the power of the Holy Spirit to literally transform see a transformation in lives take place. And I'm not saying that all of them have stayed together. But God did save some of them. And some of them, they, they didn't stay together. But that person was still restored. That person was restored. I've, I have a little gal that I work with that her husband ended up leaving her in April. They got divorced in May. And she is, she is praising God. She is restored. She is not depressed. God has changed her life, and he restored her. And, you know, marriages, I mean, it, that's just one part of restoration. Relationships is another part. God can restore every area of your life. And so if you look at these blocks, we brought them to represent that, you know, he uses the beginning blocks when we knock them down ourselves, but he still he builds on them, and he continues to build, and he continues to build, and it, it trans, transforms into something beautiful when I'm not the best builder, but God is, you know, okay? And he can do that, 
And so the one thing that we took away from this in everything, and we look at it, and, and, you know, I'm not saying things are perfect. I mean, I'm at a place with, you know, David and I, I don't even think about it, really. Like he's removed it until God gives us an opportunity to use it. You know, I don't, I don't ever say if he says something to me or I say something to him, I don't ever bring it up and say, well, you did this to me. It just doesn't happen. It's not, you know, some, some people say, well, don't you, don't you bring it up or isn't it brought up? No, it's not. It's not because God healed us. Old things are passed away. New things are coming. And at that time, God did bless us. He blessed us financially. He blessed our family. He blessed so many areas in our lives because we chose to do it God's way and not our own way or what the world says. And use that pressure's from the world to, to pull us apart. And I had every reason to go on about my way and him go on about his way. I had every reason to. God said you had the right. Yeah, he did. He said, you have a right. He said, but I will bless it if you stay in it, if that's what you want to do. And that's what I chose. So our last, but God. Yeah, one thing when we was, I was preparing, it was really neat this week. We were, we're so busy. It's just crazy. We didn't have time to get together like Monday or Tuesday. Okay, we're going to talk on. We literally compared notes finally at three at, at Thursday evening. I mean, I've been getting up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, spending doing my devotional time, and just FYI, God's awake at five o'clock in the morning, uh, <laughs> or four. Um, and Kathy was doing her devotional time, and she was. I could tell she was, um, you know, concerned maybe or un little bit on edge about okay am I doing what do I got to do what do we got to pull all this thing together and when we got together and compared notes we were like mirror images of what God gave her what God gave me it was just you know so she did all the, the PowerPoint stuff because I have no idea how to do that but anyway but what I was gonna say is you know God was just saying I don't do anything just good enough you know he restores but not back to something or someone's original condition he restores to better the new condition. Um, you know, if he's going to give you life, he's going to give you life more abundantly. Yeah. You know, yeah. if he's going to give you um, grace, he's going to give you amazing grace. Yeah. You know, if you want joy, he's going to give you joy, but it's going to be joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yeah. You know, if he, if you need peace, he's going to give you peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. You know. If you have a heart of stone, he's going to give you one that's tender and alive to him. You know, if you need mercy, he doesn't just give you mercy. He gives you the mercies that are new every morning. You know? And, you know, we have an identity problem, a lot of us. You know, we identify more with our problems and our circumstances than we do with who he says he, that we are. Um, we are not our circumstances. That's what he was just reinforcing over and over and over again, is you are not your circumstances. I don't inhabit circumstances. I inhabit faith of my people. You know, so speak, declare. You know, Graham Cook says you, you enforce majesty on your circumstances when you declare God's word. You, do, you enforce his majesty on your circumstances. Um, it's not by your power, and it's not by your might, but it's his. It's his power, and it's his might 
that operates in you and through you that changes things around you and people around you even. And he is so faithful and he's so good that, you know, he, he has a thing for prodigals. You know, if you say, well, I'm, a, I'm like the prodigal. Well, he leaves the 99 to come after you every time. You know, he don't care. He don't care what you've done. He don't care what you've been through because he don't see that anyway. You know, the whole time I was in all that junk and mess, the Holy Spirit was with me the whole time. You know, people think, well, he just got to leave you because you're acting too ugly or you're acting too sinful. He's there the whole time. You, he's going through your sin with you, you know. And I had one counselor out of all the ones that, that, uh, that I went to that actually said something that had an impact on me. He said, you know, you've just got to decide, do you love your sin more than you love Jesus, you know. And a lot of us are comfortable. We like our sin. It's with us. You know, we pal around with it all the time, you know. But if you love Jesus, then nothing else compares. I just want to um, wait on the Lord right now. <clears throat> and I know that there are, there are people here that, they have circumstances that are, they're going through that, you know, you need God to touch. You need God to make whole because he can make whole. It may not be the way that we look at it or we feel like it. Or maybe you're hurt, your heart is hurt. Or maybe you have healing in your body that needs to take place. But God can do it because God is a God of restoration. He is a God who restores. He is a God that's more than enough. And he can take your situation and completely turn it around and make it new. And he has done that for, for David and I. And, and there were times in our lives that I thought, I can't even, I can't even look to tomorrow because today the circumstance was way too big. But God took that, and I can see life, life, life in every situation now. And God is just taking this situation and making new things for other people. And so I just want to encourage you all. We're going to have the time of ministry right now. If you all need prayer in any situation in your life that needs restoration, we just want to ask you to... Um, Reflect right now and just come up if you need prayer. We'd like to pray with you because when you have a testimony in your life and God does something inside of your life, you can rebirth that into somebody else's life and bring that new life to them as well. So it doesn't have necessarily have to, have to be about a marriage, but it can be about any situation. Lord. We'll just wait on the Lord.